Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Brooke. I'm Diana. And this is episode 84. Today, we're going to be talking about 80s movies. But before we dive in, how are you doing, Diana? I am doing awesome, Brooke. I'm doing, I'm so excited. 80s movies. Oh my gosh. I'm just exploding with excitement. I cannot wait to talk about it. Me either. I've been so looking forward to talking to you today about our favorite 80s movies. And, you know, even if they're not our favorite movies, they're at least movies that we've watched in the 80s. And, you know, how we're able to continue on the uh, enjoyment of watching them, you know, currently. Because I still go back and watch those amazing movies that I did when I would be sitting on my living room floor, you know, all nestled up and enjoying life, loving it. Yeah. I mean, I love so much about the 80s, and I know you do too. Yes, I do. I do. So we talked earlier, and my um, idea of 80s is is a lot different than (laughs) what you went through. Yeah. Tell me how did the 80s impact you? Wow. Uh. That's a loaded question because I was, you know, in high school, I was in college, I was um, getting married. Oh, my gosh, so much. And um, so these, I feel like these 80s movies were really, um, a lot of them reflected what was happening in my life or what was happening in the world. And so I could really relate to them and... um, You know, when you're living it and then you see it decades later, of course, it's going to resonate with you. Of course, it's going to impact you. Um, It's it's a point in your life. It's a history of, you know, where you've been and how you've lived. And so, I mean, there's the big hair and I just loved it. I mean, Bon Jovi with his hair. I mean, that is just so iconic to me. And the music, I love the music. To this day, I put my 80s music in on my radio. And um, I was telling you earlier that I loved shoulder pads that I would, you know, I hated when they went out of style. I'm like, where's those shoulder pads? It, you know, lifted me up and it slimmed me down and I just loved them. And, and we've all also talked about how much we love Stranger Things and how, you know, it's based on the 80s. And so, um, oh, there's just... And It Chapter 2. Yeah. (laughs) Or It Chapter 1 and 2, right? It's a a throwback. Yeah, there's just so many things. So I just love so much about the 80s. But uh, what about you? How did the 80s impact you? Well, my favorite 80s car, my neighbor has one in his garage. It's the... um, uh, Chevy Camaro Z, uh, Z28 and it's black on black and I, can, I just oh when he pulls it out and revs it up and goes for a cruise I'm just like I've always wanted that car Aww, yeah <laughs> so he's so lucky to have it and then we talked and he was like yeah I bought it in Southern California for like 11 grand like just a couple of years ago and I'm thinking Oh my gosh. And it has like low miles on it. I'm like, you got stinking lucky. But I loved certain vehicles. I loved, you know, a lot of TV, Miami Vice, you know, um, uh, what's the one where uh, 
trying to think of the name of the show. Is it Miami Vice where uh, the Don little, Johnson? Oh, Hawaii Five O. Oh, wait, that was earlier, wasn't it? I don't even know. Oh, I don't know. I just remember watching that in the <laughs> 80s. There was so much that I watched. But, you know, in the 80s, I grew up, um, I was born uh, in 81. So by the time I was about four years old, I have my earliest memories of the 80s. And uh, I, I wore hand-me-down clothes from my brother. Um, I remember riding on the big wheel. It's like a three-wheel uh, plastic uh, toy for a kid to ride. It's like a bike, but it's made of plastic and it's got this huge front wheel on it. I remember that I had lots of Barbies and GI Joe toys and star Wars stuff. And, um, you know, eighties is, you know, like my, um, age group, we always talk about what it was like in the eighties and kids played outside, you know, our kids now, they're like always inside right. playing video games. Exactly. And so, yeah, growing up in the 80s, it was definitely uh, a lot different than the way that my kids are growing up. But, um, you know, the, I feel like kids were on milk cartons in the 80s, right? Missing children would be on a milk carton. So I remember that. Um, and, and just the whole way of life, everything just felt different. You know, McDonald's. Uh, chain has really changed. Like we used to go to the McDonald's Playhouse, and uh, the Happy Meals was like a big, big deal. Yeah, in the eighties, yes. right? You get the the little hat, and Ronald McDonald would be there. Um, so those are my biggest memories of the eighties, as far as like what I can think of, as far as enjoyment would be outside television. Um, you know, fashion was was horrible on me. Like I didn't have that. I had clothes that had patches on them and members only <laughs> jackets. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then of course, Michael Jackson, right. That was a big, big yes. part of my life. Yes. I remember my mom Mine too. on cleaning day, she'd have her, um, record Michael Jackson playing while my mom would be cleaning the house, vacuuming. So like a lot of these type of memories, Really, really, it's my childhood. 80s was my childhood. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty incredible. You know, I feel really um, blessed to have been grown up in the 80s. So yeah. I, I, I do love certain parts of the 80s. I didn't care for the neon stuff. I mean, you know, not all of it entirely. Music was, I, I enjoy some of the music now. Um, back then it was more of the R&B type music just because um i think of my biological father and that music in the 80s um i connect that with my biological father uh -huh. because yeah. he was very musical and we'd always drive around and he'd have r&b and soul playing in the car so uh -huh. yeah we can't forget about prince too right because that's prince, when purple yeah. rain came out and all those hits came out oh my gosh all that yeah. music and Oh my gosh! Oh, we could go. We could do a podcast on just the music. I mean, we could do an so '80s much. podcast. Like that would be like a whole. You could never end. Right. That's true. Right. So <laughs> we'd find something, yeah, to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, let us know how did the '80s impact you. Uh, you can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens or on our Screens and Focus Facebook page. You can follow us on our Instagram, subscribe to our website and YouTube channel. 
We also want to share with you the results of our 80s poll. So we asked, what was your favorite 80s movie? And so the results are as follows, Brooke. Okay. Drum roll, please. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, the top vote getter was a tie. It was a tie between E.T., the extraterrestrial, and Back to the Future. Awesome. Which are both on my top list. Uh, Also, closely behind those two movies was Breakfast Club. And right behind that was Dirty Dancing and then Ghostbusters. Cool. And then a flood of so many others were on the list that people were voting for. But those were the top vote getters. So I thought that That's was kind of awesome. cool. Yeah, we had, we had yeah. a lot of responses, and which was awesome. Thank you to all those who responded. Um, it was great to get feedback. It really was. So it was just kind of fun. Yeah. Um, cool. Thank you. So, Brooke, tell me um, what 80s movies had an impact or made an impression on you? Well, for me, growing up in the 80s, you know, my personal experience it is very memorable to me. You know, there's so much inspiration um, that has inspired me to write a novel based on a woman who grew up in the 80s and 90s. And her life experience takes her through a memorable journey. Uh, TV has influenced me you know, a big part of my childhood, big, big part of my childhood. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. You're writing a novel. Yes. Did I not tell you that? I don't know. I don't think I knew this. I'm so excited. Okay. Yes. So it's, you know, I get uh, every opportunity that I can, any time that I feel um, that I have a great idea or I feel, you know, like I, I, I just need to write. I, I write, um, in my document and I, and I go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to take time. I have a couple more years to reach my deadline, but, um, it's probably going to take me at least that amount of time. Um, at some point I'm going to have to pick up the pace, (laughs) but yes, my novel will be based on, um, a person of my ethnicity. Uh, I'm Chinese and African-American, uh, a person who's grown up in the eighties and nineties and her life experience, Um, and so I do want there to be a suspense because you know me, I love, um, the drama and the suspense and, and mystery. And so I need to incorporate that into my, um, novel. And I do want it to have some graphic, uh, because I'm a designer and I'm an artist. And so I'd like to be able to publish my own novel (gasps) with, um, some graphic. Oh, that would be so cool. I'm so excited. I want you to hurry up. (laughs) <laughs> you are really I really do. I'm like, can I you know. hurry up, please? I'd like to read it and look at the <laughs> pictures and graphics. Now, um, I mean, I had told you previously that I had started a screenplay that I had never finished also. But I've also had this other one rolling around my head also about my life, right? Because the one, the screenplay that I'm writing is not about me. Um, it's about, it's a music story, a rock story. Not really a rock story, a musician story. Um, oh, and so, so that's one of them. But I've always had this one about um, me, like you have one about your life. But what's funny is that mine is a comedy. Mine is more of a comedy. I don't like, why why am I going to a comedy? You know, it's just so funny that you said yours will be about mystery and intrigue and mine will be about a comedy. And um, so it's just, 
yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. So we both need to finish these projects. So <laughs> heck yeah, heck yeah. So, but if you know, screens and focus listeners keep us so busy, I may not ever finish this novel. <laughs> we'll just talk. We'll just put it on our podcast and just keep going. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, you know, uh, for eighties for me, like I said before, um, you know, just growing up through my childhood, honestly, um, I was home alone as a very young child before kindergarten. I remember being home alone and no one was there. And I remember that very, very specifically. Um, my mom and my mom worked and my father, my biological father, he was very absent. He would come and go. Um, so I remember climbing around in the kitchen counters to get dishes and I knew how to use a microwave. Um, so that was pretty much the very earliest memories of the eighties. And so that's what introduced TV. I always had a TV in the home. Um, you know, Saturday morning cartoons were huge for me. Uh, my brother and I, we watched shows like GI Joe. I loved Jem, uh, Barbie and the rockers. Uh, gosh, there were so many Smurfs snorkels, bullwinkle, <laughs> uh, transformers, thundercats and Looney Tunes, you know, Bugs yeah. Bunny and the Looney Tunes, right? Um, after school, there were cartoons as well. Once I began to go to school, but the list is so long, but you know, to name a couple DuckTales and the rescue rangers are just a couple of them. Um, also in after school, the eighties, they had a show called the after school special and that if looking back to me that looked like a low budget um program it was short as far as the episodes go um in time but it had a message that could help children cope with issues that they're going through whether it's in the home or at school topics like peer pressure and things like that yeah so i don't know if you remember yes the after school specials, i remember the but... after school special yes i don't remember yeah. specifics but i just remember that that you know after school special and, and watching some of the things on there so yeah i mean like schoolhouse rock you know i still sing those songs from that program um you know when i was watching tv there were so many shows. I mean, they weren't just movies because we didn't have access to movies all the time. So there was a lot of like local channels. So Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, daytime soap operas, like All My Children, Days of Our Lives, and General Hospital, I would even watch. I watched soaps. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who didn't? I, I mean, know. gosh, back then, like, yeah. this, you know, I would go knocking on doors to see if my friends were home and their stay-at-home moms, that's what they'd be watching. And if my friends weren't home, their moms would let me inside. I would sit down and I would hang out with their moms and watch TV with them. TV was like such a huge part of life. Mm -hmm. um, I would even watch police shows because when I was very little, growing up in Santa Clara, my dream was to become a police officer. Aww. Uh, my mom even has the badge that I made. Uh, <laughs> I was Santa Clara PD. I put my school picture on it. I cut it out and I made my own badge. Um, and so I loved shows like Chips, Dukes of Hazard, and even MASH, um, which honestly, I don't know the dates of when these were produced, but I just know that I watched these in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were shows like Leave It to Beaver. And then how can we forget Punky Brewster? I went through a phase in my 20s when people said that I 
look like I'm dressed like Punky Brewster. <laughs> like how embarrassing is that? That was like 2000s. Um, so as time passed, you know, watching more TV, there was court TV that I loved, Judge Wapner, right? Um, how could you forget um, the two brothers, um, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman, their movie? Oh, Why can't I think of the name of the movie? Rain Man? Rain Man, thank yes. you, right? Gotta watch Wapner, gotta watch Wapner. Wapner, right? So I used to watch that. Um, I also watched British comedy shows like Are You Being Served, Monty Python, Absolutely Famous, and Faulty Towers. And of course, Masterpiece Theater, right? Um, another part of the 80s that I could relate to movies and TV was my biological father. He left us recorded VHS tapes, and one of them uh, happened to have a Bruce Lee movie called Way of the Dragon, and that was with Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but they were in Rome. They filmed in Rome, and it was um, to be – well, I looked it up, and they said it was supposed to be like an action comedy but I remember as a young child not thinking that this was funny. It was just more action and adventure for me. But looking like when I watch it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's parts that are pretty funny in there. Um, and so my brother and I, we watched that over and over and over again, like a lot of other movies. We would rent movies from the library or occasionally my mom would take us to Blockbuster Video <laughs> um, or even like mom and pop shops, they have right. movie rental retail stores, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So, you know, needless to say for me, um, that movie or those VHS tapes that my biological father left behind was a gift to us that we could appreciate, Aww, Yeah. you know, and Bruce Lee, like, I don't know how many households there are that their families could actually appreciate a legend like Bruce Lee where I have the whole box set. I have all his movies and my kids know who Bruce Lee is. You know, they really truly know about him. And I'm proud to say that, you know, I, yeah. was, I was given that gift from my biological father. Mm -hmm. There were other shows that I watched tons. Okay. But some sitcoms that I would watch on TV, we didn't have cable until I was in high school. And that was like in the late nineties. So as a young child, we had very few channels to choose from. Um, and so another um, genre that I would watch as a little kid was Three's Company, Cheers, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, Happy Days, The Facts of Life. And I would also watch <laughs> yeah. The Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno. Right. Yes. I loved all those too. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I was raised by my mom. She's Chinese and I'm African-American. I didn't really know a whole lot about my heritage. So I would watch black TV shows, you know, and that would help me understand a little bit who I am. Um, and so that gave me that connection to those black families that I would see on TV. I did watch the Cosby show, Sanford and Son, Webster, A Different World, Different Strokes, Good Times, and The Jeffersons. And I would also look forward to watching Soul Train. These shows helped me see into black families that I never or may have never known without these shows. So I'm very thankful and I appreciate that these shows existed. I would also include in that genre, in living color as a category as well, Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, and J-Lo, and also the Wayans brothers were, you know, a part of that production. Some movies uh, are The Color Purple, 
with Whoopi Goldberg, um, as well as Roots with LeVar Burton. And speaking of LeVar Burton, you know, I loved watching Reading Rainbow as a child. I remember the episode when they went to the crayon factory and they showed us how crayons were made. So all those type of shows were very, very uh, touching to me. Um, And now when I get into talking about talk shows, I mean, I don't watch very many talk shows anymore, but we currently we have like shows like Ellen and, and Wendy Williams. But back then I watched a lot of Oprah, Jenny Jones, Ricky Lake, Jerry Springer, Geraldo and Arsenio Hall. And that could be like a borderline eighties, nineties, but still it was back when I watched all these other shows too. Wow, you bring back so many memories. Those are so cool. I'm like, yeah, I watch those too. I love those too. I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah I like that. Yes. So, yeah. and I, I just, how, oh, Brooke, thank you for sharing so much of your upbringing. It's just yeah. very insightful and cool. And um, I just <laughs> like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I want to know what you, you know, what is like, like you're memorable or what do you picture 80s movies? Like, I want to know about you. Well, I, you know, I'm going to share with you the movies. And I think through the movies, I, you know, hopefully shares about me. Um, because what I wanted to talk about Back to the Future, because it is one of, it's my go-to film. It's what I could watch over and over and over again. Um it, it really is probably my all-time favorite movies. I just watched it recently again. We own we own the you know VHS when it was out. We own the DVDs, and if it's on television, we're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has everything, all the aspects I love about a movie. So it has time travel. It has the fifties. It has high school. It has bullies. It has the underdog rising. It talks about friendship. It shows skateboarding, humor, all the music. I mean, all these things encompass what I love because I grew up skateboarding. So, you know, to see it on screen, I just thought that was so cool. And and then to hear Huey Lewis, you know, sing these songs and to to see the music, you know, he wanted to be in Battle Battle of the Bands. Um, so all these things were so relevant to me um, because they were what was either happening around me or things that I loved. And I've always had this... Um, I've always thought, God, if I could travel to another decade, I'd always want to travel to the 50s. I've always had that in my mind. Now, would I really, really, really want to live in the 50s? I don't know. But what my mind thinks about, I just love. So I think that that's why this movie uh, resonates with me, because it has all of these things in it. So I would imagine a lot of people have seen this, but for those who haven't, it's a 1985 sci-fi about a teenager, Marty McFly, who accidentally travels back in time to 1955 in a DeLorean that Doc Brown, an eccentric scientist, invented. So and then everything goes awry when Marty meets his mother and she falls in love with him. And it's funny because she calls him Calvin because 
he's wearing Calvin Klein underwear, right? And so in the 50s, this didn't exist. So he's yeah. all, why, why do you keep calling me Calvin? And she's all, well, you have it all over your underwear. And I was, I was just <laughs> dying because it's so funny. And so, yeah. um, and then so Marty, you know, meets up with the 1955 doc to help him get back to 1985. And this film is just so much fun. Um, and I just think everything about this film is perfect. I, I mean, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, and um, Leah Thompson are all so perfect in their roles. Uh, it's a, you know, Robert Zemeckis uh, directed and co-wrote the script with Bob Gale. And um, I couldn't imagine anyone other than uh, Michael J. Fox being in this movie, but... He was, I think, offered the part, but then he was so busy with family ties, so they offered the role to Eric Stoltz, and they had oh. started filming it, but he was uh, not. He was uh, more serious than they had wanted uh, the role to be, and so I think they had like spent a lot of money. I think they had spent. I, I might be wrong in saying, you know, might have been a million dollars. I'm not sure. But they're like, we need to go back to Michael J. Fox. And he was in family ties at the time. And they said, is there anything we can do? We'll work with you. We'll be on the off schedule. That'll become first. We'll be second. And so they worked it all out for him to be in this movie and they said the fact that he was a skateboarder the fact that he knew how to you know play a guitar and loved music it was just the perfect person for this role so i thought that i that wonder was... if uh, robert downey would have been a good character <laughs> yeah um yeah probably right yeah, and so, he, was, he was so cute back then too. i he know still is cute yes. i like him yes no yeah he's just he's a very yeah, he's, was it oh, he's Saint almost fire. Yes, he's always been very cute. So, yeah. um, and then you know, I briefly touched upon the music and the soundtrack in this. But so Huey Lewis wrote "The Power of Love" and "Back in Time," and originally he wasn't going to write it because he hadn't done a soundtrack before. But he, uh, you know, wrote "The Power of Love." It became this international hit. It was perfect. The energy. The song was just so good. I mean, it just starts off, and I just, oh, I can't, I just can't say enough about all the aspects of this movie. But what what's funny too is I don't know if you know, or and maybe a lot of people know this, but Huey Lewis is one of the judges in the Battle of the Bands when Michael J. Fox goes to audition. And it's oh, funny cool. because yeah, so Michael J. Fox goes up there to audition. This is near the beginning of the movie, and he's playing. The Power of Love. And Huey Lewis is sitting, you know, with glasses and a jacket on, like he's one of the administration or something with the school. And he's sitting with the other judges and he's looking at them like, oh, God, here we have another rock and roll kid. And it's funny because, you know, he wrote the song. He's really a rocker, but he's portraying this part like, oh, my God, another headbanging kid, you know. So yeah. he's all next. Or I don't know what he says, but they don't pick him for Battle of the Bands. But I just thought it was such a cool role for Huey Lewis. Um, and it just goes to show how funny and comedic this uh, movie is. I love this movie. I love and, it. Yes. And then um, the whole 50s band and all that music is just so good. And so uh, Marty is playing in the 50s. He's playing um, with this band 
And one of the band members, you know, his hands messed up. That's why Marty's playing for him. And that band member, his name is Marvin Barry. And so he goes and calls his cousin Chuck. And he's all, Chuck, Chuck, it's your cousin, Marvin Barry. And he says, hey, you know that new sound you were looking for? Listen to this. And he puts, you know, the receiver up to... um, Marty playing Johnny Be Good. So I'm like, I just love this. I could just eat it all up. So So creative. Yes. I, yeah. So that was just so awesome. And there's also so many memorable lines. I mean, we, we say them around the house all the time. We're always all McFly, McFly. And, you know, um, Doc is always saying, great Scott. And he's all 1.21 gigawatts in his flux capacitor. And um, just all these things, all these famous lines that come out of his mouth. And yeah. um, when George um, is trying to woo um, uh, the mom, is her name Elaine? Why can't I remember her Lorraine. name? Lorraine. 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 So he's trying to woo Lorraine and... Uh, Marty has given him some lines to read, and he's all he goes up to her. He's all, "You're my density," and she just like <laughs> looks at him. He's all, "I mean, destiny," and I'm just <laughs> dying. It's so damn funny. But she keeps falling in love with her son, but she doesn't know, know that it's her son. <laughs> I know. Until he's just so hot, you know. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, he keeps saving her, right? Because. Yeah. Biff keeps bullying, you know, George, and then Marty keeps... He's a peeping Tom. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Marty keeps coming up as the brave guy, right? He's doing all this, you know, defending her or defending George. So, of course, who doesn't want to go for that guy? So, um, but I I think it takes her kissing him and saying, oh, it's like kissing my brother. That finally, you know, kind of turns things in George's favor. So, it's It's so cute because then when they said goodbye to each other, they're like, um, we're gonna we're gonna name our son Marty. <laughs> yes, yes. Right when they say goodbye. And yeah, that's so cute. They instantly like fell in love after he saved her because Biff was like practically raping her yes. in the car. Uh huh. And then um, it was set up where he was supposed to be confronting Marty, but that would have been too weird. Him like fondling his mom. That didn't work out anyway, right? Because but anyway. I just thought that it was interesting how um, George McFly was able to come to her rescue. And she just, she's that damsel in distress and she'll fall for whoever saves her life. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, George the peeping Tom. Yeah, but it took the kiss, though. Because remember when Marty keeps holding up the picture. He was still fading. Yeah, Yeah. he was still fading and he's getting all weak. And it wasn't until... Uh, they finally that, kissed, yeah. and then that was yeah. like, ah, oh, that was it. So that was so cool. But I, mm-hmm. um, I would say one, you know, Back to the Future, the very first one, is my utmost favorite one. But I love the whole trilogy, and my order of preference is one. And then three, which is the Western theme, you know, and I like it because it's the introduction of a love interest for Doc. And I love that Marty plays Eastwood, which is so hysterical. And yeah. I, I just I like Western themes and, and just all of that. So and then I would go to two would be a third in line for me because going to the future is sometimes hard because you really don't know what the future is going to look like. Um, so that's my preference. 
What about you? Mm. How do you rate the three movies of preference? Uh, mine would be in the chronicle, chronological order that they are in. Um, I, I, I loved part two. I mean, I love part one, but I love part two because I remember um, these glasses that they wore, like these crazy, like um, yes, uh, geometrical, geometrically shaped glasses, neon. And I think Burger King like had little cheap ones that they were giving away in their value <laughs> meals back then. Cause that was another part of the eighties. We have memorabilia from uh, our happy meals. And you know, like I have star Wars cups from the eighties, Coca-Cola cups, glassware from these fast food restaurants. And one of the uh, memorabilia, I believe it came from Burger King. It was like these glasses um, that looked that came from the movie Back to the Future that they had um, promoted, and so I I do love part two. I love part three because of the western. When I was a little girl at home alone, I would watch western movies, and so I have a little thing for westerns as well. But for me, it is a chronological order because I believe that the sequence that they filmed it was perfect, perfect. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yes. my kids love yeah. the movies. My kids love Back to the Future trilogy. So I um, love hearing that. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I love the sci-fi uh, from the '80s. I mean, sci-fi and horror was big in my home between my brother and I. My brother and I. It was us. Movie night was us. He and I. And so um, we watched a lot of sci-fi and horror because he was very, 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 very much into horror. I didn't really care for horror as much, but I grew to love it because he introduced it to me. We're only yeah. one and a half years apart in age, but he just really liked that at a very young age. And so anytime we could get our hands on an R-rated movie, horror, sci-fi, <laughs> anything, you know, we watched it. We watched it. We, it didn't even matter. Um, and of course we watched star Wars. Um, but as far as horror goes, we started out watching movies like Halloween nightmare on Elm street and many movies from Stephen King, like Cujo is one of my favorites. Um, Carrie, the shining, we loved Stephen King and yeah. So one of my favorite movies by Stephen King is stand by me. I love that movie. And I always forget that Stephen, well, I don't always forget. I previously, <laughs> I had forgotten that Stephen King um, wrote that um, book, Stand By Me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you remember Michael Jackson? Of course. <laughs> okay. So another. I was going to um, marry I'll... Michael Jackson. I think I told you that before. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. I love Michael Jackson. Yes. But um, one of the, I would put this in the category of the horror and it was uh, Michael Jackson's music video thriller. Uh, my brother and I, we watched that music video yes, that's over a short and over film. again. <laughs> oh, is it? No, that... no, I'm just saying it because oh, okay. it's, it was one of the longest videos. So it's a short film, you know? Yeah. But you know what? That was another VHS recording that my dad had left behind. So we were able to watch it as many times as we wanted to. And my brother and I, we would try to rehearse the dance moves and we were pretty good, um, but we couldn't get every single move properly, you know, yeah. but that was a big part of our, um, I would call that in the horror category. Right. Um, 
Yeah. And then late night, I would watch The Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt. Those were amazing. I loved, loved, loved watching that. Uh, it just gave me that sense of mystery and like, what the hell is that? Like, what did I just watch? Yeah. You know? Um, so much fantasy, you know, alien movies were huge at that time. I mean, Alien with Sigourney Weaver. Um, we have so Predator. Good. Yeah. yeah, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, those are on my 80s list. Arnold Schwarzenegger, majority of his movies are on my list of 80s influence and an incredible influence to my brother. We used to think of actors who we wanted to be our father. And my brother, <laughs> yeah, my brother so would funny. always, always say that he wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to be his dad or Aww. our dad. Uh huh. And so I would always pick the black actor. And at that time, looking back, um, because he was pretty popular in the movies. Um, why can't I think of the name? I wrote it down. But it's the one with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. What are those movies called again? Oh, Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon, yes. So oh, those I always, were so good. <laughs> yeah, I always picked the black actor. And at that time, my um, black actor that I would have chosen to be my my father would have been uh, Danny Glover uh, because of um, Lethal Weapon. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, you know, speaking of, you know, those characters – when a character would die, let's just say in a Western film, because that's what I remember thinking when I would watch Western films and there was the standoff or the shoot off shootout. And I, on, and like somebody would get shot and die. I honestly, when I was little thinking like sitting there in the living room, watching these movies, I actually thought those characters signed up. I knew they were actors but I thought that they signed up to actually be killed for that movie. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I was heard. like, oh, yeah, they wanted to die because I thought oh that they were gosh. dead. I was like, oh, my gosh, they just killed him, you know, and he would just like fly <laughs> backwards. Like, <laughs> you're like, I don't want to be an actor because I don't want to give up my life on screen <laughs> <laughs> for the art. Please. Right? Oh, my God. That's so sad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> then you'd see him in another one. You're like, wait, was this film first? No, I, I know. know. Exactly. I'm like, oh, this must have been before they died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the silly things we think of as youths, you know? Yes. That's so funny. So, anyways, okay, so... I, in, you know, watching all these movies and talking about them all and compiling this list, um, of course, at our, and what won in our poll or was tied in our poll was E.T., the extraterrestrial. And this was in <sighs> 1982. And this is a spectacular film about, it's about discovery and adventure and friendship and love. And I remember seeing this at the theater and being mesmerized by it. I felt like it was a fantasy, yet so familiar. And um, I, we, we went to the movie several times to see this, and that was like a big deal. I mean, nowadays, people go see their favorite movies a couple times, and you just wait, and it comes out on video. No, 
because things didn't come out on video for like a long time, like a long time, maybe a year, oh, okay. year and a half. I don't even know. It was like wow. long. It was super long. So you had to go watch <laughs> it in the theaters. And sometimes, sometimes things would come out in the theaters, then they'd pull them back for months and you'd say, oh my gosh, I'm never, I can't wait to see this again. And then they would put it out again for only the really probably high grossing ones. And then, you know, then you'd have to wait for it to come out on video. So, wow. um, but, and this is when videos were being put out because that before then there was no videos. Anyways, um, I remember going to see this a couple times and that, that was saying a lot. And I remember my brother um, and his son, because, uh, you know, my siblings are older than me. So they all had children, you know, as I was growing up. And so anyway, so my brother and my took my nephew several times, too. And he was, we didn't even know, but he was like sitting down in the other aisle. And, and, and you know, me and my husband, uh, I don't know. I, we're, I think we were dating at the time. Uh, we were like up here watching it. So it's so funny. We were all in the same theater at the same time, but not really knowing it. But um, oh, so, funny. so I just have so many fond memories. And then we would like. You know, I got the E.T. doll and then my brother got the E.T. doll for his son. And we're like comparing. Oh, yeah, I had that. We're like comparing E.T. dolls. And it was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> but <laughs> so those are my memories. But about the movie itself. Um, OK, so anybody who hasn't watched this. OK, you need to go watch this. But it's a science fiction film produced and directed by Steven Spielberg. And it's a story about a boy named Elliot who befriends E.T. who is stranded on Earth. And they learn from each other. And Elliot helps E.T. build this device so that he can call, you know, phone home. And um, E.T. and Elliot have this unique connection and that Elliot feels what E.T. feels. And um, there's such a cute moment when E.T. is home alone and he finds a beer and he drinks it and Elliot is at school and he's feeling the effects of the alcohol and so I don't know I think he's in his biology class and so you know they're supposed to be dissecting frogs and so he ends up freeing all the frogs and then he grabs this girl and he kisses her and it's funny because as he's you know grabbing this girl by the arm and there's wind blowing um there's a scene that looks very similar that's playing out on TV. So it's just such a cool um, idea and thought, and it's just played out so well. Um, th oh, this, that's so sweet. I love that. Yeah. And so it's funny. It's entertaining. Um, Elliot is perfectly cast. Uh, he's played by Henry Thomas. Um, his little sister is played by Drew Barrymore. Oh, my God. I don't even know how old she was. She must have only been like four or something. She was tiny. Uh, but she is so... Didn't they just do like a... I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's but okay. Didn't they just do a commercial with Henry Thomas recently? Yes. I think you're Super right. During the Super Bowl or yes. something? Yes. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. That's very cute. I like that. Yeah. And so, and so Drew Barrymore was a young child and she's so funny and cute and she is such a great actress it's like crazy because she's so damn young and yeah. uh this whole movie is heartwarming and i cried back in the 80s when i watch it and i just finished watching it last night and i was crying Aww. again i didn't think i was going to get teary-eyed i really didn't but it got me again 
Um, now, I know E.T. can be kind of scary to some people, some kids, but I just found him so adorable because of his personality. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. My kids don't, they don't, they find him creepy and I'm like, you're weird because I don't know. I just, I thought that they would really like this movie, but they don't really, they are like weirded out by him him et and i just yeah. think that he's the cutest little thing ever yes, he is. and like they now know where this kid riding a bike with the little thing in the basket in the yeah. moon right you know like some production company like the production company when they see that they're like now they know where it came from uh-huh and they they don't appreciate it the same but it's one of my favorite movies as well love yeah. it yeah, it's it's so good. Um, the film won critical acclaim, and it was a blockbuster hit, and it's considered one of the best films ever made. Uh, it surpassed Star Wars wow. as the highest-grossing film until 1993, when Jurassic Park took the title, which happens to be another Spielberg film. Um, but I have to say, the music, the editing, the cinematography... The special effects, okay, this was 1982, people. Um, the acting, the directing are incredible. Um, I would say go re-watch this movie. You'll be happy you did. There were so many things that I didn't recall. And above all else, um, it's a feeling you get when you watch this. Um, yeah. It, it's like an experience. Like, I could just explain the movie, but it is not the same Unless you watch it and you feel this interaction about this deep love and friendship between um, Elliot and E.T. And yeah, well, Spielberg, he did an amazing job with so many movies and his special effects team. Um, uh, I mean, I think Spielberg did Dark Crystal, right? I'm not sure. I'm not okay, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. If if you don't know Spielberg by now, then you've got to just watch as many of his movies because he was very much um, uh, forward moving, right? Like he was advanced. He was ahead of the curve as far as um, special effects goes, I believe. And he was able to cast um, perfectly. Yes. So, you know, one of his uh, actors that he worked so well with was Harrison Ford. I mean, I you know, I mean, any Harrison Ford movie from the 80s, it's worth watching, worth watching. Even today, I'm, I'm blown away. There's a movie that I, I can't think of the name of the Harrison Ford movie, but I um, recently watched it and I was like, and this was before Star Wars. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I can't even believe that um, this was made in the 70s before Star Wars. Like these special effects are insane like how did they know to do this you know it just blew me away blew me away you know thank you for your uh, recommendation uh, i love et and that just brings back so many memories so um i also loved uh the genre of action comedy and i think that was really big in the 80s and and 90s um one of the big comedians that i followed as a young person was Eddie Murphy and you will see him in the Beverly Hills cop movies, 48 hours with uh, Nick Nolte. Um, I also really loved Mel Gibson in the eighties and he did uh, Mad Max and we, my brother and I, we watched those movies back to back like 
all the time too. Um, Christopher Reeves uh, in Superman before his accident, you know, he yeah. was a huge, huge part of um, the eighties and, and, and it's an early age for me. Uh, Tom Hanks movies like big, the burbs loved Tom Hanks movies. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, another comedy that happens to be black comedy. It was called, I'm going to get you sucker. Uh -huh. It is funny. It is so funny. I still reenact parts from that movie and my kids, they know where it comes from. I don't think they've seen the movie, but they know what I'm talking about when I do certain silly things from that movie. <laughs> and that was a Wayans Brothers um, production. Uh, the oldest brother, he made that uh -huh. one. Um, another ultimate classic, and this will always be a classic, is The Never Ending Story. I actually do remember the first time I watched The Never Ending Story. Uh, my mom took us to a friend's house and we spent the night at her house and they had kids there. But when Artex, the horse, um, gets stuck in the uh, uh, the swamp and the mud and he sinks in and he dies, I still cry watching that movie Aww. and when I watch that movie I just want to eat a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> while watching it just because <laughs> you know why not yeah um my kids love that movie my daughter she just sang it to bed you know the other night um we also love with the kids they watch Goonies Ghostbusters we've watched Flight of the Navigator and um, original Disney movies. You could find so many of these classics on Disney Plus, like The Sword and the Stone. Uh, I love, that was one of my first Disney movies that I've ever seen. And that was also a VHS recording that my dad had left for us. Um, another genre, another genre were war movies and war movies in the eighties, cause I was so little, um, they seemed so realistic to me. I remember being afraid and actually quite disturbed by these movies, but I watched them. They really affected me, but I continue to watch movies like this in my, you know, current time. But back then, movies like Born on the Fourth of July and Full Metal Jacket have really left an impression on me. Tom yeah. Cruise mm -hmm. is a huge part of 80s as far as I'm concerned. Yes. I watched a lot of movies from Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Top Gun, we sing and we talk, we reference Top Gun probably, I don't know, like monthly in my household. <laughs> That's um, so funny. And then that, oh, I don't know when that, his new movie, probably a couple of years will come out, right? The, the, uh, it was supposed to be released this year because we were just talking about it. And uh, I don't know, I, they might have to push it back. Yeah. Hmm. Looking forward to yeah, that though. But yeah. Same here. Same here. I cannot I, wait for that. I remember when uh, uh, Tom Cruise was up for um, uh, Born on the Fourth of July as Best Actor. He didn't win that oh year, but um, Ooh, that but, was good. Uh, but I thought he was so good. Yeah, it was good. Yes, yeah. I mean, I was like a little itty bitty kid. I wasn't even double digits yet, and I watched that movie, and I'm <laughs> oh like, God, Brooke, oh my God, what gosh. the heck? <laughs> I don't even know how I got my hands on the movie. Probably from the library. I don't even know, but. Um, Another franchise that I'm so connected to, and this would be on my top of the list, it was it would be the Ninja Turtles. Uh -huh. They made their you know they made their their debut 
And you bet you, me and my brother were hooked. My favorite character in uh, Ninja Turtles was Raphael, and my brother's favorite character was Michelangelo. So when we would uh -huh. play and we would reenact the movies, um, <laughs> I would be Raphael and he'd be Michelangelo. You uh -huh. know, I'm so thankful to have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles influence my life. My husband and I still watch it and enjoy it like we did when we were kids. And sometimes I'll watch it without my kids because I just love that movie. You know, we used to recite the, that movie as well as um, my brother and I, we used to be hooked on the WWF wrestling. And so we would still, we'd have our characters, like I would be the ultimate warrior. My brother was like Andre the Giant or the Undertaker. And so that was also part of the 80s for me was the WWF, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh my gosh, so I don't yeah. know if you watched any of that, but that was big for us. Not what wrestling. else did you know? No. <laughs> it was pretty big though. Yeah. But, um, no, it was. It was yeah, huge. I loved yes. it. We had the toys too and yeah, it was great. But um what else did you really enjoy watching when you were in the eighties? Well, I am gonna group these two movies together because they were just like uh kind of like a slice of life for me in a way. Um it is Fast Times at Ridgemont High in 1982 and Breakfast Club in 1985. So, you know, these two films are so much a part of me. These films, these characters, they resonate with me. I know these people. Uh, they, you know, the, the way they walk, the way they talk, the way they dress. It's just people I know. I know these people. And so Fast Times at Richmond High is with Jennifer Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, Phoebe Cates, and Sean Penn. This movie is so relatable to me. Um, I mean, like I said, I hung out with these people. So, and the, the reason I think that it feels like that is the screenplay is by Cameron Crowe, who adapted his own novel after going undercover as a high school student at a San Diego high school. So I cool. think he did this for a year and that's how he was able to create, you know, write his book and then create wow. it into a screenplay about his experiences. So I, and I think that's why these characters feel so real. So Brad played by Judge Reinhold, is a senior. He works at a burger joint, and he gets fired, and then he has to go work at this less popular fried fish place, and he plans to break up with his girlfriend because it's a senior year, and he wants to move, you know, have a full fun senior year, but she ends up breaking up with him first, which is not what he had planned. And then he has this 15-year-old sister who, has, her name is Stacy, who is played by Jennifer Jason Lee. And she's a sophomore and a virgin, and she relies on her more experienced, outspoken friend, who is played by Phoebe Cates, you know, for worldly advice. And so, and then we're introduced to uh, Mike Damone. He's a smooth-talking, know-it-all who scalps tickets. And what was so interesting, because I rewatched this movie um just recently, within the last week. And he was selling tickets to Van Halen for $20. And they were originally $12.50. I'm like, really? 
I mean, wow. Yeah. Can you imagine tickets right now to go see somebody that's really big and famous for twelve fifty? That's like so crazy. That would be like a sixty dollar ticket. I'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm going to see Beyonce at sixty dollars. Yeah, they're like <laughs> Not the no hundreds. Exactly. Yeah, it's like crazy. Yeah. Um, and then he has his shy friend Mark Ratner, who is in love with Stacy, and you know, and the story just unfolds from there. But I can't go without mentioning Sean Penn as Jeff Spicoli. He is a carefree surfer stoner whose character is so iconic. So no I'm... shirt, no shoes, no dice. <laughs> so I noticed that his vans, you know, I noticed his vans in the film. I'm like, oh, look at his cool vans. Well, then I read later that he's the one who inspired the whole trend of the vans. And look, I my son just yesterday was wearing them. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I told him how it came from Jeff Spicoli, which I think is nice. just totally cool. So see, there are trends that are still, you know, right there, out there. People are wearing them. Um, and then he has an interesting relationship with his history teacher, uh, Mr. Hand, who is not keen on his disregard for classroom rules. So Spicoli is so funny. He orders pizza into the classroom. And so they come to deliver it. And the teacher takes it and starts handing it out to all the classmates. And you should see uh, Spicoli's face. So uh, I just... I just, this movie is just so funny, so good. Sean um, Penn was super cute in that movie. I just yeah. loved his character I so know. much. I know. Oh, I loved him. So, and this was like his breakout role. I, I, you know, this was, he had come to the audition, and when they were auditioning people, the director saw him sitting outside, and he just looked at her, and she said, I wanted to fall down. His look was so powerful that I knew other people read, maybe had a better read in the audition, but she said, no, that's him. That, yeah. That's going to translate. And, you know, she was right because it did and he did. And, you know, he's done so many roles and is a fantastic actor. So yeah. but uh, the movie is just so many so full of so many things that, you know, again, that just relate. And so if you really ever want to live or know what the 80s was about, you need to watch this film. It is not off at yeah. all. It's not like you're saying, oh, that's exaggerated, or oh, that probably didn't happen. No, all of that stuff happens, or happened, or, you know, it's just, it's was so true, so on point. Yeah. So I just really um, love that movie. But so then there's The Breakfast Club, and, oh, wait, uh, but before you move on, sorry yes. to interrupt you. No, You were going to talk about um, Forrest Whitaker. Oh, yes. Character. Well, so Forrest Whitaker's in this movie. And um, I didn't remember that he was in this film until I rewatched it. I'm like, oh, my God, look at him. He's so, yeah. you know, tall and, and dark and handsome. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen him like this. Because, you know, we see him older in roles. He yeah. usually plays a father or you know some you know whatever he may yeah. play so it was really cool to see him in this film he was a star football player and he has this you know 79 chevy camaro that he adores but his younger brother uh, i think he's out of town or something his younger brother and spicoli spicoli ends up driving it and they're joyriding and he wrecks the car and 
then he makes it like this opposing team drove it or not drove it, but that they got it and they smashed well, it they up and they rode the all car. over he it. He got into a car accident. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He got into a car so accident. So in order to cover he... it up. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yes. He, in order to cover it up, he made it seem like a rival uh, high school, uh, yeah. you know, m- massacred his, uh-huh. you know, his pork vehicle. Yeah. So when he comes and he sees it, he walks down the stairs and is, he's totally in shock. And so when they play against that team uh, that week, the, uh, the other team is like scared because they can see that he is fuming and they end up winning the game due to uh his name is jefferson in the um in uh fast times and he ends up just (laughs) mowing everybody down making the touchdowns and like an animal yeah and he just you know wins it for them so it's just highly amusing but his his little brother i remember his line in the movie when they crashed the car when spicoli crashed the car into like those pile of bricks he goes my brother's gonna kill me he's gonna kill me he's gonna kill you he's gonna kill me i love it i know i know and then, and then he says wait what did he say what did spicoli say or he's he, he's he was like so confident he's like i'll take care of it man or like i'll take <laughs> i'll take care of it dude you know, and then sure enough, he spray paints the car, parks it right in front of the school, all crashed, throws a pile of bricks on it, and it it worked. Yes, he, he, it he did. Got tricked, you it know? did. So. I'm telling you, these things really happened. It's just like so Heck crazy. Yeah, they did. I mean, gosh, those were the days where they would take a cow and like just bring a cow to the school's front lawn, lawn like a like Animal House, you know, yeah. Animal House, J- uh, John Belushi. And yes. that was an iconic movie, too. That should be on the list as well. Yeah. I don't even know if that's 70s or 80s, but hey, <laughs> I watched it in the 80s. <laughs> you know what? I do want to mention one scene that I thought was really sweet that I just want to mention is... Um, for though I don't want to ruin for anybody who hasn't watched it, but um, something happens to Stacy that she has to take care of, and uh, she's handling it on her own. And her big brother um, Brad, uh, who's Judge Reinhold, uh, sees her, and so when uh, she's done, uh, she comes out, and he's sitting there waiting for her, and. Uh, they just have an exchange, and he just has her back, and I love that. I love that he's a great big brother, and she's all, oh, you're not going to tell mom and dad, and he's all, no, you know, I'm here for you. This is between us. This is your, you know, this is your story. This is you, so I just yeah. love that part. I thought it was a Me very too. sweet, supportive, great uh, moment, so. Yeah, you have to watch uh, this movie. Yeah, and so, okay, so Breakfast Club. Oh, my gosh, this movie... Oh, this movie's so good. It's written, produced, directed by John Hughes, who I just want to say I love um, so many John Hughes movies. Um, I can't even name them all right now. So we'll have those that list up for you because there's just too many to name. But this movie stars Emilio Estevez, Molly Ringwald, Judd Nelson, Anthony Michael Hall, and Ali Sheedy. They're all so good in this movie. Um, It's five students from different cliques. 
Um, they're recognized as the brain, the athlete, the basket case, the princess, and the criminal. Um, they have to all serve an all-day Saturday detention and write an essay on who they are. And Judd Nelson plays John Bender, the delinquent, who disregards all the rules, and he's antagonistic toward everyone and spends a lot of the film harassing and bullying the others, and they don't really like him until they get a glimpse into his life uh, with an abusive father and assistant principal Vernon who goes on a tirade on him and gives him eight extra weekends for detention and locks him in a closet for his antics. So, you know, after that time, they slowly start to loosen up and connect and they eat lunch. And that's a that's a that's a comedy scene in itself, watching what they each pull out of their bag. I mean, it's just hysterical. And then they smoke pot and they talk a lot and they really spill their guts and they realize that that they all have issues with their parents or their friends or pressures of living up to a certain expectation. And um, and then Brian asks uh, all, you know, all of them on Monday, you know, will we act like we know each other? And Claire says, probably not which is really kind of sad. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are bonding. And then could you, I mean, I don't know. I I just felt so heartbroken with that moment because it's like, I felt like they were so tied to peer pressure, which is just so hard and, um, and sad. Yeah. And so, but, but toward the end, uh, of the film, um, they find this commonality between them and then they really begin to bond and Claire asks Brian um, so it's Ringwall asking you know Anthony Michael Hall to write the essay for all of them and he does and it's narrated at the end of the film and he signs it the breakfast club love it so, I know and it ends with the song Don't... hey 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't you forget about me. Anyways, anyways, don't, 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 don't. Anyways, uh, yes, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds uh, plays with Judd Nelson walking across the uh, football field. And he just gives that fist pump up and it just freezes on that. And I just love love it. Love it. It's such an iconic ending so yeah it oh, was it's super iconic i mean the kids they watch cartoons and um sitcoms they do episodes breakfast club episodes it's everywhere it's still happening my kids know what breakfast club is and they have not seen the movie because <laughs> they're not ready for it yet yeah yeah but the way that the other shows their appropriate age shows reenact it it's uh-huh. perfect it's per- and so they know the song don't you forget about me. They know, you know, everything about the breakfast club, but yeah. in their little nutshell. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. That's so cool. I love yeah. that. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. It's cute. 
Yeah, one of my favorite scenes is the dancing scene, and I think it probably is a lot of people's, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, so I had read that Molly Ringwald was the only one that was supposed to dance, but she went to John Hughes and said, I can't do it. I'm too shy. I don't want to. And he says, okay, everybody's going to dance. Everybody's going to dance. Everybody yeah. has a... Um, Signature move? Yeah, or, like she yeah. she puts her lipstick on in oh, her bra. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, and then the um, uh, what's her name? The dark girl, like the emo girl. Allison. Allison. Yeah, she. she our, my um, like iconic scene was when she was drawing that really dark sketch, and then she like throws all her dandruff. Oh, yes, and making it like the snow <laughs> the or snow. whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets a makeover. You guys have to see this if you haven't yeah. seen it. I love it. It yeah, is a good, good movie. But yeah. I, yeah, I just love that dancing. And I don't know why Molly Ringwald was so uh, uh, shy. I love the way she moved. I'm like, she's so cute the way she moves. And, and then the three guys doing, you know, that dance so close together. And Oh, oh yeah, and they're so, like that. Yes, with their hands up, yeah, yeah, walking together. It's like walking like an Egyptian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and then these actors were coined the Brat Pack. And sometimes that Brat Pack included Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, and Andrew McCarthy. uh, Because they went on to do St. Elmo's Fire. And and then some of them are in Pretty in Pink. So this movie was a $1 million budget and it made $51 million. So... And wow. critics, critics have said that he, this is Hughes's most memorable and recognizable work. So that's awesome. I mean, yeah. speaking of high school movies, um, I went to high school uh, in Aptos High, which is in Aptos, which is in Santa Cruz County, which is in, in California. And at my high school, I remember sitting at home in the '90s watching TV. And I think I may have told you this, but I'm watching this movie and I'm like, oh, that looks really familiar. Like I've been there and it was a school set and there were lockers and I'm like, that looks really weirdly familiar. So I kept Uh watching it. It was filmed at my high school and Keanu Reeves was the star and the movie is called The Brotherhood of Justice. So I just have to throw that out there. I don't know if you told me that, but that's so cool. Yeah. So back in the 80s, he filmed one of his very first movies um, at my school. And it was like a Lost Boys kind of movie. Uh But it was more of like a gang type movie. And he was, um, this was probably before um, Point Break even. And so, yeah, it it was, um, I felt really um there's bill and ted's too bill and ted's in the 80s yeah (laughs) oh heck yeah you know so keanu reeves big time right yeah i feel very honored to have gone to a school where they he filmed a movie at high school that i graduated from yeah (laughs) so cool so what other 80s movies are your favorites well okay diana this was like the hardest podcast that i've ever done with you. So the, <laughs> the reason why I say that is because I just have an endless list of movies and shows that I've seen and that have influenced my life in some way. So you name it, most likely between Diana, you and I, we've probably seen the movies or show, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, I mean, I've loved Dolly Parton movies. I just recently watched Splash uh, with Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah, she also did a movie uh, called Clan of the Cave Bear. Like, I don't think that that had very many um, 
positive reviews because I think it, I don't know a lot of people who have heard of that movie, but I watched that many times as a child. It was back, she was like this blonde haired um, cave person and she was, she like integrated into a dark haired cave community. Yeah. Um, like not Neanderthals, but like Homo sapiens. And so it was just it like such an uh, like for me that was so amazing to see uh, a portrayal of that. And she starred in that. I also love movies like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, as well as many Mel Brooks movies like Spaceballs, Young Frankenstein, etc. I, I think mean, those Steve, might have been seventies, but you probably watch them in the eighties because they were yeah. at the theaters. Yeah, yeah, like Steve Martin, um, Martin Short. Uh, yeah, Steve Martin I movies know. like The Jerk, yes. uh, you yeah. know, Roxanne. I mean, so many. Steve Martin was big on my list. Yes. Yeah, um, I agree. I love Martin Short. Uh, who's a comedian? Um, uh, I wonder if The uh, Three Amigos was in the 80s. I don't know, but I love that film, too. Yeah, Chevy Chase. But the um, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was huge. Oh, Richard what, Pryor. Yes. What about See Richard no Pryor evil, and Gene Wilder? No yes, I yeah. love those movies. Again, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is that 80s? Maybe. I love exactly. those movies. Yeah. Silver I mean, Streak. Yeah. I think it's Silver it's Streak. Just, it's yeah. just, like, like I said, it's endless. There's so many we genres. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. I can't even name half of the movies that I've been impacted by. Short Circuit, mm -hmm. Weird Science, Revenge of the Nerds, the list Love it. goes on. So yeah. there are just so many movies that can be named. I wasn't able to list all the movies that I love from the 80s because that would take up multiple podcast episodes. There's just so many that have influenced me in my life. They have brought so many memories. They brought tears and laughter. I associate film and TV with the time period and my life experiences. TV yeah. has just been a big part of my entire life. And I'm just thankful that I've had the chance to have vision and hearing and have the ability to see all these creative influences in my life. So I'm yeah. very thankful. Yes. Very, very thankful. What about you? What other movies do you recommend or have oh you seen? Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. I mentioned earlier all the John Hughes films I love. You know, we've talked uh, between ourselves. We love Christmas Vacation, and I love the original Vacation. And there's 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, that's out on Netflix right now, people, so go watch that. Um, we had talked about Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in our holiday special, but that is, you know, one of my top films. Um, Uncle Buck, uh, The Great Outdoors, uh, All of Me with Steve Martin. Just love it. Um, Footloose with Kevin Bacon. I That movie is so much fun. And I watched it over and over and over again. I watched it at my sister's house. Um, we would just sit down and watch it with her kids and... Um, that's when I was dating my husband at the time. And then uh, Dirty Dancing, that came in near, you know, near kind of the uh, third or something like that of our poll. So that was Patrick Swayze. Come on, people. Oh, <laughs> it's like... forget it, Patrick Swayze. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. handsome man. You know, so... my nephew, I always tell my nephew, he is a splitting image of Patrick Swayze. I'm not lying. Can he I, dance I like am... him? <laughs> Probably not, but he is hot like him. He is so beautiful. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's great. So just really quickly, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but on Netflix, there's a um, docu-series called The Movies That Made Us. Yes, I saw that. 
yeah. about Dirty and Dancing. Uh huh. I yeah. saw that. I loved yeah. it. Wasn't it incredible? Yes. It made me cry. I totally yeah. was just like that was a tearjerker because Patrick Swayze. We know he passed away. And just what he gave into the movie Dirty Dancing, what he was able to bring. And Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze, they had a history. So I learned yeah. that through that show. Um, Me because too. They, because they knew, they worked with each other in... Um, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Thank you. That's another amazing movie. Oh, I love Red Dawn. Ah, see what I mean? The list yeah, goes on. Yeah, we could keep going on and on and on. I know. I know. I know. I feel the same way. Um, yeah. So, also, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Love Little that movie. Shop. Little Shop uh, of Horrors. Yeah. Little Shop. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh. I Okay, so this next movie, When Harry Met Sally, this is one of my... Believe it or not, even though I've named so many others, this is right up there. Like I could just, I just wanted to go put it on and watch it because I just yeah. love Billy Crystal and Meg Billy Ryan. Crystal. Yeah, yeah, he's so good and funny. I love his humor. It, I just that movie's is great. Um, Karate Kid, we love Karate Hello. Kid, Brooke, because yeah. we're watching Cobra Kai now, and I can't gonna, wait for the new season. What's I going know. on? When is July? it going to be released? Hopefully, that's still coming out on time. Hopefully, they finish filming that, and oh, it'll be the third season of Cobra Kai and we, we can't wait to see that but of course it originated with Karate Kid um, okay Overboard you know yeah. with uh, Goldie Hawn and um, Kurt Russell another mm-hmm. movie I could put it in anytime it's on TV me and my husband are watching it we don't care what part of it it is we just put it on and we are fully entertained um the the lost boys you had mentioned i love that movie Uh, we mentioned purple rain you mentioned a lot of the eddie murphy movies um those are also good um and terminator i think we mentioned that and die hard i mean come on die hard of course we we mentioned that in our our uh (laughs) holiday um movies and then ghostbusters so (laughs) What's that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's Christmas movie. Die Hard. Too many. I can't. So, I can't. I just yeah. can't. It's too many. Yeah. I love it, though. I'm so thankful to do this 80s episode with you. So, yes, it was wonderful talking about all these movies with you. And we're going to put them all up on our um, website and share the list with you. And so yeah. please look for that. But, Brooke, besides all these 80s movies and shows, what else are you currently watching? Okay, well, I tried holding off on watching Little Fires Everywhere because of the book that I'm writing, and I didn't want to get sidetracked by um, Celeste N, or I don't know how to say her yeah. last name, but I'm just going to say N. I, I, and yeah. um, I'm, I didn't want to get sidetracked by her story um, because I was reading her novel initially, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to put it down because um, I just, like I said, I wanted to focus on my book, right? Uh, but I didn't succeed. I just, I had to watch it. 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 And so I'm so so happy you did. Yeah. I loved it. I did. I mean, like I loved it so much, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, you know, you want to strangle them, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people I wanted to strangle. I mean, even, you know, there's so many characters. I'm just like, oh my yes. gosh. Yes. Yes. It's just crazy. But yeah, I was really impressed with the acting. The acting. The story is great, but the acting is impeccable. I don't think yes. that these characters could have done a better job. 
Um, they and were, so, they were awesome. Yeah. I mean, spot on Reese Witherspoon did phenomenal and scandals. Carrie Washington. Cause I watched all of scandal. Carrie Washington was just so inspiring. I mean, the way that her mind worked, you know, I mean, there yeah. were some dark moments in the show, but I really could appreciate the love in this character. Um, and so even the children's, you know, the actors, the kids portrayed amazing job. And at the end, you know, the finale, I was, I was shocked. I was like rooting for them. But at the same time, I was like, damn, I can't even, I can't, I don't even know what I would do if something like that happened, you know, to me. And, um, you know, you were pretty right on with, as far as Reese Witherspoon, her character, um, was very similar to the big little lies character, but I, but worse, I just, she was worse because yeah, I feel I despised a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but because in big little lies, I mean, you liked her role, but you weren't always happy with her. But I really like her in Big Little Lies. I know she had some issues, but I like her. But in this one, I felt she did so many things that were so wrong. And I was not, I, I love her and I love the character she portrayed, but I didn't like yeah. the character's choices. I just wanted to smack her when it came to being the mom that she was and the whole privilege thing, you know. Oh, yeah, like... and I, she just had something to prove, you know. She really just had something to prove. And I, it, and I, I think if they do season two, I really need to see more of her backstory, why, why and how. I mean, they only showed one clip of her mom and her upbringing, and I just, you know, I think it has a lot to do with um, how she she was raised. Right, right, and of course. And that's really sad to say, because you can break a lot of these traits. Um, right, right. You know, like, you just have to feel it. You just have to yeah, do it within your own heart. I mean, you know, we all have s stories to tell, but this yeah. character was just... I mean, I have to say it. She was she was terribly evil. She was evil. She was out to get you. So you better watch your back. You know, you just yeah. And it was it was almost too good to be true. And and just some of the the script. You know, I just can't believe um, that people cannot see because a lot of what happened in this show I have experienced on the other side of the fence of Reese Witherspoon's lifestyle. Okay. So I'm mm. over here on, um, Carrie, uh, Washington's, uh, side as far as like the defense, right? I'm very defense. What, defensive. What? defensive. Defensive. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very defensive when it comes to some of the, some of the script, yeah. uh, that came from Reese Witherspoon's mouth. Of course. I, I was Me just too. like, Oh, I, you know, and yeah. so I could very much relate a yeah. lot to this uh, novel and series. And that's why uh, when I started reading the book, I closed it. I closed it because I'm like, okay, I need to focus on what I need to say, yeah. you know, my, my story. Right. Yeah. And so um, it was very, very good. It was yeah. very, very good. But sometimes other stories can inspire us too. Right. I know. So, I know. I just know. didn't want to like, um, feel like anything came from 
You know, yeah. like, I didn't want to be a copywriter, right? Right. So I just, well, but it could just be the feeling of something, right? It could be, you know, um, not really anything that was specific, but just right. generally, right? How yeah. the characters, yeah. yeah, how the characters evolved and how, you know, what happens to people and, you know, because there's always some kind of arc, right? So maybe that that will help you in some way or inspire yeah. you some way. Um, yeah. Because well, I, I yeah, because I just feel like both characters had flaws. They really did. They both had, oh, and yeah. that's what I like is that they explored their flaws, but then they kind of, you know, they showed the ups and downs because they weren't, both of them were doing things because they're both scared, right? So, you know, Reese's character is over here doing things because she's scared and or Carrie Washington's doing stuff over here because she's scared. And so you react a certain way. And yeah. um, so it's very interesting. So it's just a great show. So people need to go watch it because it's very yeah. good. Read the book, watch the show, yeah. do something. It's awesome. Um, I just have to tell you, though, I don't know if you remember the um, show that I was watching called The Shy. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yes. So the younger uh, Carrie Washington's character, she was um, she had a role in The Shy, like a pretty big role, a significant role oh. in that show, The Shy. So I've seen her work before. So, yeah, I would just um, recommend. Uh, I was going to say Big Little Lies, but it's not. It's fi- uh, Little, Little Fires. Fires Everywhere. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so I totally recommend that. There's some really good acting going on in that. Um, so, Diana, what other shows or and movies are you watching right now? So, other shows I'm watching is Defending Jacob on Apple TV. This is with Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America. Um, he's a deputy district attorney whose 14-year-old son is charged with murdering another kid. It's oh very good. I'm loving it. Um, but I can only watch, you know, it only comes out once a week. So I have to like, wait. And so I'm dying. But it's really good. Um, I'm watching Normal People, which is on Hulu. It's about two young people navigating in and out of a relationship with each other. They start in high school and then they go to college and they're trying to figure out their way and there's a lot of sex going on and this has uh, gotten a lot of buzz i've i've just recently even today i i saw how they were talking about it so and this is i'm not up to date i've only seen probably about four episodes so far but it's good I'm watching Run, which I had mentioned last podcast. It's on HBO. I'm four episodes in. I'm loving it. This is with Merritt Weaver and Donnell Gleason. Um, and as far as movies, I watched Underwater with Kristen Stewart. Uh, it was good. Uh, she's Nora, a mechanical engineer working more than six miles beneath the ocean's uh, surface on the deepest drilling operation in history. So a disaster strikes and the crew must scramble to safety with not a lot of oxygen and they attempt to get to another station walking on the ocean floor and dealing with sea monsters and it's like i would not want to be way down there that's just too scary for me i i that i don't know i don't even know if i want to be in a movie because that's just so scary being that wow. deep in the ocean i think the ocean is very scary yeah, so uh i mean i mean like being down in there i don't mean just like putting your feet in the water or anything like oh, that no. but yeah no being in the um, deep water yeah for sure it's a yeah it's very scary yeah 
And um, I also watch Bad Education on HBO. This is with Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney, and they play top administrators at the Roslyn, New York School District. This movie explores their real-life embezzlement scheme, which comes crashing down when a high school newspaper breaks the story in 2004. And uh, it's like for millions of dollars, these people are, you know, embezzling it's like crazy you're like what are you doing with all this school money but um Hugh Jackman is so good I have not seen him in a role like this before and he's getting a lot of buzz for his performance but I will say like when they show him like he doesn't come off as being attractive to you because of his role you know what I mean? Oh, okay. He's like, you're like, oh, it's just you just see him in a totally different light. But, um, you know, he's still that sexy man like in, in like mm-hmm. uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. And, but it's it's an interesting movie because it's a real story and it really makes you wonder about where that school money might go to sometimes. Right. So cool. Thank you for those recommendations. I haven't even heard of some of these shows that you've mentioned. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are so grateful that you tuned in. And we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would really love more members of our TV club. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We could really use your feedback. We'll be uploading a new episode in a few weeks. Next show will be on Dead to Me Season 2. It's coming out. All right. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.